Welcome to this podcast of Sound Off from September 10th, 2021 with your host, Nate Lauks. Nate's guest today is Michigan City Councilperson Bryant Dabney. Now here's your host, Pastor Nate Lauks. Hello, friends. Today is September 10th, and you're listening to Sound Off only on 96.7 The Eagle. I'm your host, Nate Lauks. It's good to have you with us. I want to give a quick shout out to our regular producer, Dennis Sedell, who is currently on the roof here at the studio raising money for the 19th annual Deserving Children Roof Set. The goal is to raise over $40,000, and we believe with your help we're going to do it. So if you want to partner with us as we help hundreds of children have a better Christmas this year, stop by the studio, donate some money, buy some lunch, and be a part of doing a great thing. All right, it's time for On This Day in History. Break out the flannel, friends, because it was on this day in 1991 that a little song by three unknown guys, Kurt Cobain, Chris Novlisek, and Dave Grohl was released. That song smells like teen spirit and went on to define a generation and a genre. The song quickly grew to worldwide acclaim, becoming number one in countries like Belgium, France, New Zealand, and Spain, and of course, America. Kurt Cobain said about the Gen X anthem, I was trying to write the ultimate pop song. I was basically trying to rip off the Pixies. If you're familiar with the Pixies, good for you. Cobain said he wrote this song because he was feeling disgusted with my generation's apathy and with my own apathy and spinelessness. So Gen Xers listening, know that one of the songs that helped define your generation is now 30 years old, which means you are not a spring chicken anymore. Okay, let's get to the show. My guest today is Michigan City Councilperson Bryant Dabney. Mr. Dabney is in his second term as the first ward councilperson, which includes areas like the Eastport neighborhood, Elston Grove, and Sheridan Beach. It's nice to have you back on the show, Councilman. How are you? I am doing well. Good afternoon. Good to have you. And if you have a question for uh, Councilperson Dabney, you can call the Liquor Vault or text the Liquor Vault online at 219 Let me give you that number again. 219-362-0522 or email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. So we could talk about a few things today that are on my mind, but one of the issues that our listeners are always concerned about is money. Michigan City is receiving $16.7 million from the Federal American Rescue Plan. The purpose of this money is to make investments into the community and help people, industries, businesses that were impacted by COVID-19 in some way. But that said, there is pretty broad latitude in the ways this money can be spent. So how has Michigan City decided how that money will be spent? How are the conversations going? Do you have any ideas? I have plenty of ideas, <laughs> uh, but as of right now, uh, Michigan City does not have its own plan as to know what we're going to do with these funds. I know there's going to be some revenue uh, replacement or reimbursement that was lost, um, you know, when COVID hit us really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a total or we had a total amount of about four million dollars in terms of actual revenue that was you know, cited as being lost uh, through the pandemic. And uh, we can replace that. I don't know if we're going to replace the whole four million or anything like that, but that is a number that I was given that we could replace in terms of revenue. Um, there'll be other ideas, and there have been ideas of what we should use that money for. Um, we're going to be coming together as a council, hopefully, real soon, um, along with the mayor, in order to actually work out a plan. Like I said, at this point, there is no plan of what we're going to do with all of that money. So how would you rate Michigan City's financial health as a city right now? We're in good shape in terms of uh, the finances right now. Uh, We did a lot of cuts last year in terms of capital projects where we just didn't purchase anything. 
um, and didn't do big capital <laughs> expenditures. So now that's left us in a lurch where we have to do some things now. It's time to catch up a little bit. Yeah, I know recently your fire, your street department, your police have come to the council and said, we need essentially $1.5 million to, to purchase some important things that we've been putting off. These aren't just you know mindless expenses. These are important things. Um, and, and the approval for that was tabled for another month um, mm-hmm. to, to figure that out. Um, where do you stand on that? What what you know, for our listeners in Michigan City, you know it, it's important to make sure. I, I'm sure all all of our listeners want to make sure that our, especially our police, our EMTs, our you know first responders mm-hmm. are funded mm-hmm. as well as they can. But where's that money going to come from? The, the way it came up at first is I sponsored uh, some additional appropriations to come from our Riverboat Fund, which is currently at about five million dollars. Um, then. Some of the council people had some issues with it. And they tabled it for a couple of meetings um, to get more information. But what happened is right after that meeting, about 15 minutes after we left that meeting, we had an email that gave the dollar amounts that they were looking for. The city controller went down and emailed us with that information. And so that brings us to our last meeting. Um, now, none of those things were even on the agenda uh, they were tabled, I believe, for two meetings, something to that, like that. Um, so, you know, at this point, we're trying to what they, they want to move over into that American Rescue Plan money, of which we have no plan right now. So I'm of the belief that we needed to use the riverboat right now um, to encumber that money so these departments can start to order all of the things that they need. Um, I, I brought up last night in our council meeting, I work over here at NDOT. And we're ordering things like snowplow blades and things like that for our dump trucks. And we're ordering now. Hopefully, we will have those by winter. So every week we push this back, we are running the risk of uh, not getting things in time. So that was my push that let's do it now to Riverboat. And then we can actually reimburse those funds later. Another resolution came up where they wanted to move all these things into the American Rescue Plan. It was tabled. Uh, just about everything on the agenda was tabled. And uh, so we're going to have a meeting about that. On, I think it's the 14th um, that'd be uh, next week to talk about these things. So it's, it's just going to extend out further when we need to have some urgency right now to get these uh, capital expenditures and then we can reimburse down the line. So that's how my mind works. Uh, thinking about these finances and what is needed by these city departments. I actually apologize to the city departments um, that we are dragging our feet we're not seeing the urgency in getting this even though others said they see the urgency but we had a chance to do second and third reading last night um, if we would have stayed on track with these um, expenditures from the riverboat and we could have had things they can go out and start doing orders based on the, the fact that we would have uncovered the funds last night so your departments are ready to order this stuff they're, oh, they're, they're you, you just got to give them approved to order and like you said i think it was a good point that uh, your experience at NDOT, I think, is an experience that n- not only other companies' businesses are having, but even individuals' uh, productions behind, right? And, in many different ways. And so, ordering something right now, especially if it's not something that's going to be on the shelves at Lowe's or, or Walmart or something like that, could take months. Could and take months. you get an early snow or something, and, and something happens, and you get angry voters that are upset because, you know, the things that they needed that the street department has been requesting for months um, wasn't to them. And it wasn't certainly your street department's fault because they, 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 thought enough to do it exactly they just didn't get the approval to order it so and, and then there's also the, the problem with prices going up I'll give you another example i'm working over here at ndot we have put purchase orders out to, to purchase some big equipment 
And then all of a sudden, the, the company comes back and says, well, we know we quoted you $2,500 uh, for something, but now due to our expenses and the increase, that is now $6,000. So we need to start encumbering, getting our orders out there, getting these materials all taken care of um, to lock in the prices as well. So it's a timing issue and it's also a uh, pricing issue. So I tried to make that point, but... Are you expecting a decision to be made before the end of September? I hope so. Um, like I said, I thought last night we should have been second and third reading with some of these things to get those moving down the line. So hopefully by the end of September, I'm not going to say anything in terms of it being a certainty. Uh, but a, I, a, a good policy for any politician is not to promise, you know, too exactly. Much. <laughs> well, we've got Councilman Bryant Dabney from Michigan City on the show today. If you have a question, uh, you're welcome to call or text me 219-362-0522. The liquor vault on airline is open. Let me ask one more question before we get to some callers here. The Michigan City Nipsco Gen Station will be closing. And there's been ongoing talk about what to do with the remaining coal ash that is in some of the areas around that. And there are a lot of listeners, a lot of people concerned. Obviously, you watch Flint, you watch things that are happening around exactly. the country with environmental issues, water issues, these kind of things. First, if you can, for all of our listeners, I assume we do have the most intelligent listeners in all of the county. But for those that don't know what coal ash is, what is it? But also, Michigan City is kind of in some kind of conversations with NIMSCO about what to do exactly. with that. Can you explain that to our listeners? I mean, what is really boiling down to is to cover up the coal ash or to remove it obviously the city uh, we want this removed uh, there's a retaining wall and you know where nipsco is built right on our lake and i made the comment in a, in a council meeting before this is simply about our drinking water this is the safety of our drinking water um, there's a retaining wall out there it's about 100 years old and um, so we don't want to just cover this you know in the ground cover this coal ash we want it dug out that's where we, we stand as a city. We actually passed a uh, resolution saying that. But a resolution is just basically saying that you support something. It wasn't an ordinance. It wasn't a law. Uh, but we really want to make sure we stay on top of this along with IDEM. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people in the public that are that this has gotten their attention. We want this stuff dug out because we don't want it seeping into Lake Michigan to affect our drinking water. And if I understand it correctly, NIMSCO has agreed to essentially take out what is maybe fresh coal ash, right? The, yeah. the stuff that, but Michigan City, as, as you guys are talking about the future of that space without mm -hmm. that plant, you know, redoing it, redeveloping right, these right. kind of things, you would like all of it, the stuff that's been there, sitting there for dozens and dozens of years that is in the ground even to be taken exactly. out, Exactly. I really don't see that as something that's negotiable. Uh, in my mind, we want it all out. Um, this, Like I said, this is the safety of my city. This is the safety of other cities. Once it spreads into the water, I mean, it can go anywhere in the lake. Um, this is about safety, safety of the people. Uh, so I don't see that as being a negotiable thing in terms of not getting it all out. It has to be dug out. All right, we're going to take our first caller. We've got Councilperson Bryant Dabney on the show today, Michigan City Councilperson Bryant Dabney. We've got our first caller. Welcome to the show. Thanks for listening. What's your question for Councilperson Dabney? Councilperson Dabney, this is Doug Samuelson. I'm the president of FOP. We've met before yes. over Michigan City. But uh, my question is this, and I know you're talking about crisis with stuff needing to be done. The Michigan City police cars are in terrible condition. We have a canine car that the motor quit running with the dog in it, which could ultimately kill the dog. Uh, we have another one that the air conditioner quit working. Uh, we have cars with 100 
150,000. We have 11 Crown Vicks. I think this is a crisis, a safety issue. Um, I've approached a couple other councilmen uh, on this, and they put it in the mayor's lap. I actually went to the mayor, and the mayor is working to get a lease program. My question is this. Are you guys going to speed this up to get these officers safe with cars that everything works? And... Um, uh, safe for the community too, because if a car fails while uh, going down the street chasing somebody, it can hit a house. So that's my question. Thanks so much for calling. Great question. Yes, and I totally agree with you. Uh, this is about the safety of the people, the safety of our officers in these cars. And once again, this was something that was put on the back burner as we stopped with the capital purchases. You know, the cars are under that category. So we really need to move forward to get these things done. Um, I would love to see, and once again, we could use the riverboat funds right now and start to, to move these things forward and then possibly look at reimbursement from ARP funding down the line. So I totally agree with Mr. Samuelson in that we need to, once again, see the urgency uh, of what is needed with these capital expenditures for the police in terms of the cars, the fire department, the uh, street department, and, and, and all of these different departments here that are waiting for uh, these capital expenditures and, and this equipment that they need to keep the city running um, and moving forward. So I agree with him. We really need to take some urgency here, get this funding, move forward um, to make sure these cars are are here. Um, you know, you get people and some of the people in the public that want to argue about that. Um, and it's, it's interesting. You know, I think I have a deeper understanding of how the budget works with the riverboat funds and our general fund and everything like that. So I think it's time for us to move forward. And then now that we have that $16.7 million from ARP funds, now we have a backstop. We can possibly even reimburse ourselves, but we have to get these things done now. Yeah. All right. We've got Michigan City Council person Bryant Dabney on the show. If you have a question, you're welcome to call or text the Liquor Vault on airline at 219-362-0522 or email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. We're going to take a quick break. Get up, maybe stretch a little unless you're driving, but stay right here on 96.7 The Eagle. Welcome back, friends. You are listening to Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. I am Nate Laux, and on the show with me today is Michigan City Council person, Bryant Dabney. I'm glad to have you with us, Bryant. And we've been talking about some things like budgeting, these kind of things. Yes. Um, there's been lots of talk in your city council meetings, in the public, about the Michigan City Promise Scholarship and what to do with its mm. future. Currently, this college money is given to those families who own homes in the city and attend Michigan City area schools, if I'm correct. That's correct. Excluded groups in there, though, are obviously renters living mm -hmm. in the city, um, Michigan City high school students living outside of the city limits. Exactly. And then students attending things like Marquette, you know. Right. Um, and so the council has been asking whether or not they want to expand the group of potential students that are eligible for the scholarship or not. If you expand it, you know, I know there's been conversations. If we expand it to private schools, does that encourage more, you know, essentially going to getting the scholarship or being the potential for the scholarship gives a reason to stay in the public schools, right? So where do you land on some of that? How's the conversation happening with the Promise Scholarship? First of all, this kind of came up out of the blue. Yeah, we were just moseying along, and then all of a sudden, an ordinance came out uh, that was put up by a couple of council members in regards to basically wanting to to give money to graduates of parochial school, you know, which, which would be Marquette High School, basically in Michigan City. 
the Promise Scholarship, I'll just you know kind of go back to from the beginning. The Promise Scholarship actually starts your, your calculation of the dollars back in seventh and eighth grade. So if you start to allow parochial schools, I believe that could lead to students leaving Michigan City High School as well as the middle schools, because that's when your calculation of the dollars start. So they could go into uh, other private schools at that level. And obviously, me being a city councilman, I understand how when students come to the public schools, for example, $7,100 per student. That is what Michigan City Area Schools receives uh, for public school, um, the, the students there. And if they leave, that's $7,100 out of the door. Um, and right now, the way it's set up, your teachers and your staff are funded through headcount. Property taxes and all those other things go into busing. Uh, buildings and, and things of that sort, not your staff. So I see it as a way to keep that money in the schools. We need more money in those in the school systems to be able to more teachers, smaller classes, better learning environment. The Promise Scholarship was put together, and I'm the last council member that was on the original committee for this. Um, there was the talk of trying to increase the uh, enrollment in Michigan City area schools. There's a sheet of paper that went around. It was kind of an example that did not list that. So people said, oh, that wasn't the goal. Yes, it was the goal. I was in every meeting when we built this thing. So we wanted to increase the level uh, of the number or the number of people that are in the high schools to be able to help our students that are graduating from Michigan City area schools. And the, the, that's part of the intent, like I said, was, you know, to try to build uh, somebody enrollment in, in the uh in the Michigan City Area School System. Now, in terms of the renters, now we said when we first put this thing together, when it first came out, that we would take a look at it in four years or so to see the finances, how much money uh, would be been, have been spent on those students that we you know uh, targeted from the beginning, the homeowners, Michigan City Area Schools. And now we have about $3 million that's sitting in that that fund that we're calling a fund for the uh, Promise Scholarship. So now some of the council members feel, okay, since we have that much money, let's go ahead and, and, and dole it out to some students in the parochial schools. But in my mind, the unintended consequence is that you're promoting people to leave the Michigan City area school system, the public school system, to go to a private school. I gave the example. Um, I worked over in East Chicago school system, school city of East Chicago. You see it in Gary as well charters private schools popping up all over the place students leak out of the, the public school system there goes the money there goes the, the teachers there goes the school system um and i don't know if i <laughs> didn't make that point clear enough when i talked about that but that is a big issue and I, like i said i lived it i saw it and in every year at the end of the year, you were trying to figure out the money for next year. This is when I was working at the school city of East Chicago. Teachers sitting around wondering, will I be invited back based on the headcount um, in, in the school system? That's strictly where the money comes from to fund these, uh, the teachers and everything like that. So it, it's a big hit or possible you're allowing for a big hit of people to, to leak out into the, the private schools and, and leave the public school system. We've got... 
uh, Michigan City Council Person Bryant Dabney on the show. If you've got a question, you're welcome to call or text 219-362-0522. The Liquor Vault on airline is open, 219-362-0522. We've got some texts coming in. Let me read these to you. I own a home near Walker and uh, Tryon. I'd like to know if the city will replace broken and uneven sidewalks and if there's any beautification projects in our part of the city, street corners that are overgrown and unsightly. These things like that are happening. Thank you. Tryon and Walker. Mm-hmm. Know it well. Um, what's going on now? We were going. Uh, we were, we had only one. There were a couple of code enforcement officers. And I'll, I'll get around to the sidewalks and beautification. There. But uh, a lot of things were going on in the city. These people could not cover the whole city. You know the the way you want them to. They were basically on demand. I would call them and say, "I have an issue here with some code enforcement," or people would call in. So they would go around and, and take care of some issues. Uh, but now we have a, a bigger staff. So they're out there doing more enforcement. The laws haven't changed. These laws have been on the books. Uh, but now they're, they're doing more code enforcement because there are more people out there. So let's, I just wanted to address that because that usually comes on the, the back end of some of those questions. Now, with the sidewalks, um, I will give my email, um, bdabney at, Mich- at emichigancity at emichigancity.com, bdabney at emichigancity.com. Because lately we've had some some paving projects, and, and the, the city councils have more of a a say so in what happens, and in terms of sidewalks and things like that. You know, if you you give me uh, an email and talk about some of these places, I'll put those in the hands of the street department and the people that do these kinds of things. I can't say that everything will be done, but I can make it known that when the time comes, when the money and the funds arrive, that we can do these type of things. Uh, the normal way is that they have what's called a PASER rating, where they go around and rate all of the streets. And we really used to rely on that quite heavily. Um, they would rate the streets, and then the, the worst streets would be the ones that would get the pavement. Um, but now they're allowing more input uh, from the, the city council. So I drive around my ward. I, I see a couple of streets. I can name a couple off the top of my head that I know need to be paved. Grace. Uh, street that runs off of Michigan Boulevard all the way down to Springland Avenue. We have Walker Street uh, that runs down to Woodland, uh, coming all the way from Vail and even further uh, down to 8th Street. I know that needs paving as well. So now I'm getting the chance to put in some requests for some of these, I would call those beautification projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in, in terms of getting streets paved throughout the uh, the city. So. All right, here's another text we received. We've got Council Michigan City Council Person Bryant Dabney on the show today. Uh, you're welcome to call or text the Liquor Vault on airline at 219-362-0522. Here, here's a text. Uh, this was apparently stated by a council person last night, so this is in reference to this. Why are sidewalk plow machines more important than life-saving equipment such as jet skis for fire department, street sweepers to remove any harmful debris, and contaminants from Lake Michigan drainage, police vehicles for which a better patrol? In my mind, they're not. Um, There is an ordinance that's on the record. And I didn't speak out about this last night when that comment was made because sometimes it can look like I'm just argumentative. Um, But there is an ordinance right now on the books that says if you own the adjacent property to the sidewalk, you're responsible for the sidewalk. So now the comment was made, well, they can pave down Michigan Boulevard. They can pave Franklin. What about Thomas Street? Where I live, what about Pleasant Avenue, Woodland Avenue, Helen Street, 
uh, where my constituents live. What about holiday? What about so? So now what happens is you put this responsibility um, where you have two Kubotas. That's what they're talking about. Two things that could uh, go and pave the sidewalks. When we have this ordinance that says you're responsible for your sidewalk of the adjacent property, but what if they <clears throat> go over and pave one area of the city, but don't make it to the other side? What are you going to do with those people when they start to complain? Um, so in my mind, I think it's a bad idea for us to try to take that on. Um, if, we, if we could get 10,000 of them and, and cover all of the streets. But now you're turning it into an issue where who's going to choose? Who's going to choose what area are you going to pave the sidewalks for? Um, so that one right there, I think, can bring some liability um, to the city that I think is you know, we really don't want to take that on. And if you look, just about every city has that ordinance in place. So they're not responsible for going around trying to pave sidewalks all over the place. It's just a monumental task. All right. Well, we've got a caller. We're going to we're going to those of you that are calling right now. Just hold on real quick. We're going to get to you because we got to go on break. I've went too long. You know, it, we got to make some money for this station and the show. I don't want to get fired. <laughs> so stay right there. Keep listening to 96.7 The Eagle. Welcome back, friends. My name is Nate Lox, and you're listening to the final segment of today's Sound Off. In the studio with me today is Michigan City Councilperson Bryant Dabney. We've got a couple minutes left on the show. If you've got a question for Councilperson Dabney, 219-362-0522. Let's get to our call. Hello. Thanks so much for waiting. Thanks for listening. What's your question for Councilperson Dabney? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, first, Nate, I think... Uh text messages to take a back seat to phone calls if they're too chicken to call they should have to wait <laughs> that's my opinion on that and, and the longer i was listening it gave me more stuff to come up and talk to you about brian <laughs> all right um hey uh first of all on the south side of michigan city we got pause road you're talking about pavement streets i don't yes, know if sir. that one's on the list but it's got you know it, it you, you don't have to worry about people speeding because you got so many dips in the road you got to slow down <laughs> for the dips and they did put lights up there, but it's okay in the summer, but it, it's gonna, it gets dark so early, and those, those lights are kind of far and few between. You really need sidewalks and more lighting before right. someone does get killed on Paz Road. But finally, what I really called about was the license plate readers. I hope you guys really seriously look into this, um, putting them at the entrances to our city like they do in Hammond and some of the other cities over there because they really work. It, it stops from bringing... You know, people with stolen cars, they're going to think twice about driving to Michigan City if they know there's a license plate reader there. So you kind of prevent crime even before it gets started. Mm -hmm. So I'll hang up and listen and let someone else call. Thanks Have a good me. weekend, guys. Yeah, you too, Thanks. bud. Thanks for calling. Yeah, and just to address the, the license plate reader, uh, this actually came up oof, right at the end of... Uh, the mere administration and um we had chief swiss stack he came in and talked about a license plate reader and and how that was going to be used but the way it went out into the public was everybody felt like that's an invasion of privacy or you're only going to use these these vehicles because it'd be a vehicle the way it was explained to us that would go around the city and it would flag these the license plates and it, it goes into a system and if there's warrants for that mm -hmm. a license plate or something it could ding you know all these other cities that would be hooked into this thing um so the way it was put out it was you call it a big invasion of privacy and it just never got the legs to move forward um but that has been considered 
And I would imagine that's probably going to come back. I can't say exactly what's going to come back, but I know it did come up at one time. And that is a, a good observation. If you put those at the like the interest points to the city, now you kind of take out that thing of where you're driving around mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That was a, a big, big concern. So that was actually good information. I appreciate that. All right. Just a couple of minutes left on the show. We've got Bryant Dabney, Michigan City Council person. Let's get to another caller. Hello. Thank you so much for waiting. Thanks for calling. What's your question for Council Person Dabney? Yes, we're talking about the police department, and earlier uh, they called in about uh, the cars being all broken. And well, last week, I guess they, it was it became so bad that they couldn't even they didn't even have any more cars. They had to go to another department and pull a car off of there in order for a patrolman to go out and even patrol. And it's a little ridiculous because the mayor has a police has a police car, and I'm sure Mr. Dabney knows that that car for the mayor was bought through the police budget. Now, why don't we take the car away from the mayor? Because he said at the beginning mm-hmm. that he would uh, use his own car. All right. And Ca- secondly, oh, yeah, these people are wrecking these cars. They're wrecking them. The chief mm-hmm. wrecked his car. The assistant chief now, he wrecked his car. Totaled it. Why Why aren't they held responsible for this, this stuff? Yeah. You know, I don't understand it. All right. Thank th- th- thanks so much for calling. Good questions. Yeah, this is getting into more... Probably something to do with uh, policy that would need to be, you know, implemented into the police department in terms of wrecked cars and people who are wrecking the cars. Um, and he mentioned about having to pull a car off from another department. I'm not aware of that. I mean, the, some of those day-to-day operations they don't tell the council about those type of things. So I have no response to that because I'm not. I don't have the information. Yeah, you're not saying it didn't happen. You just yeah, you know. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but you know, you can't speak on something with authority or with any kind of intelligence if you don't know that that's happening. Um, so there is a concern with, with, with accidents and things of that sort, but really it's going to have to be worked out with, with mayor, council, and then with policies of what can be done to hold folks accountable. It goes back to your original point to say the money needs to get spent, correct? Yes. So we've got time for one more caller real quick. Uh, Real quick, thanks so much for calling. Thanks for listening. What's your question for Councilperson Dabney? Uh, It's more of a comment. I just want to, not sure if you knew that, LaPorte got sued uh, about the sidewalk ordinance that we had Mm -hmm. by John Culverhouse, and and the city is now forced to pay for the sidewalks in LaPorte, whether they wanted to or not. No, yeah, no. Uh, it, it was the ADA compliance, so it was the, you know, coming onto the sidewalks and going off on the sidewalks. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously there's the uh, potential litigious element of exactly. not having the right sidewalks and th- stuff like this. That has happened to people in LaPorte and mm-hmm. Michigan City could suffer the same consequences. Well, we've had Councilperson Bryant Dabney on the show today, and it's been so great to have you back on the show. What do you want our listeners to know? Uh, well, I was hoping to get a chance to talk about a, a project that I, I brought Real up. Real quick, you got a minute and a half. Go. A minute and a half. All right, let's go. Well, we we started talking about um, ARP funding and everything like that, and, and someone made the comment that we need to spend so much money by the end of the year. And I'm thinking, we don't have a plan, so I needed to think of something that we can do, get to work right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happened is I started to have some meetings with the North Central Community Action Agency and uh, talk about, because I'm, I'm familiar with the programs that they have, right? And one of the programs that they have is a weatherization project where they go around and weatherize homes, provide heating and cooling for folks who can't afford it. But when they go into these homes, they do the inspection, they find out that there may be things like mold and other issues that they cannot 
do weatherization projects for, right? So they put these folks on the, what's called a deferred list. So basically they're out. They didn't have the money to, to fix these issues already. So now they're put on a deferred list. So I came up with the idea. I pitched it to a couple other councilmen, um, uh, Michael Mack and Councilwoman uh, Dahlia Gigas. And we went and asked for funding to provide money to the North Central Community Action Agency. So when they found these homes that they could not repair with their money, because it's, you know, it's narrow focus, that they could use the funding that we provide to do those repairs, right? And still do the weatherization project. Um, <laughs> we thought it was a great, great project to help lots of people in Michigan City, uh, people to be able to stay in their homes and things of that sort. So last night, it was kind of pitched that we're choosing one nonprofit over the others. It's not about the nonprofit, it's about the program. So we're giving them money to continue to, to make this program better. Um, and it was tabled. Um, so just like everything else was tabled in regards to the capital projects, and this was also tabled as well. There are people that could use this help right now. And uh, once again, everything was tabled. So we think we have a good idea. I know we have a good idea. And I, I made the comment last night, I'm willing to fight to the end for this one. So if you're interested in this program, you can con contact Councilperson Dabney or your city council person and tell them you think it's a good program as well. And and uh, I'm sure hopefully we'll be hearing more about that in the future. So thanks so much for being on the show today. Right, appreciate it. I want to thank you so much. If you ever miss an episode, don't forget, you can go to hometownnewsnow.com and listen to the podcast. Don't forget, today is the 19th Annual Deserving Children Fundraiser. Stop by, donate some money, get some lunch. Thank you again to Brian Dabney. Thank you to El Jefe, Jeff Wugazer, for producing and editing the show. Keep listening to 96.7 The Eagle. We'll be back here on Sound Off on Monday. Same time, same place. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 96.7 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for listening to the Sound Off podcast at 96.7TheEagle.com.